Welcome to the 9 to 5 Killers podcast, an explorative and insightful journey inside the minds of some of the most successful entrepreneurs who have killed their day jobs to pursue their passions. Streets raised me, born in 80s, baby. Lord save me, cause today I'm going crazy with this bullshit. 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 Crazy with this bullshit. 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 Welcome to Season 3, Episode 11 of the 95 Killers Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Graham. Today, our guest is a fantastic businessman, entrepreneur, and father. After being passed over for a promotion at his day job and training a new boss for the position, he had enough and enlisted in the military. After leaving the military, wanting to give back to the community, he discovered his passion and Drop Top Barbecue was born. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce today's guest, my friend, Mr. Princeton Drake, to the 95 Killers Podcast. Welcome to the show, my brother. Glad to have you here. Grand Rising, Grand Rising. I'm feeling well, ecstatic, excited. Uh, it took us a while to get together, but we made it work. And my question to you is, I know you you come from a big family, so tell me a little about your family. How did, you know, how, how big is your family exactly? Man, I'm the youngest. I'm the baby out of the family. <laughs> you know, some say there's seven of us, eight of us. 10 of us, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, I have uh, one brother with my mom who my dad married and the rest are from, uh, we, we all have different mothers, you know, and uh, we all have a uh, very close, uh, we would, uh, I'm the youngest at 33, between 33 and 37, 38, 37, 38, whatever it is, you know, all of us, we ain't far apart, you know, so yeah, between them and then other branches of the family, you know, that part of the family tree, don't really know a whole, whole lot about. But my mom's side, real close-knit. Father's side, uh, it's a little different over there. But, yeah, immediate family, that's how we rock. When you when you first decided, you know, to branch out and do your, and, and do your, your business, I imagine you had other jobs before that. What made you decide to, to start the business that you're in? How did it get, and how did it get started? Um, I came to a point in my life where I wanted to own everything that I do. I wanted to own my time. So anything that included my time, I wanted to own it. That includes like my workout schedule, the gym time. So I wanted to own my own gym. So now I have my own personal small gym. Now I work out in the business idea came really um, being raised in the food industry around food so many times and throughout the days and throughout all of my life, you become invested in other people's dream, you know, and, and it came a point where uh, after I got out of the military and I've always been a cook, I've always cooked, I've always helped out at my pops in his restaurant and my mom in her restaurant. And then, you know, I get so deeply invested in things with them and I kind of really lost myself, but it came to a point where I got out the military and we came back uh, here to Georgia where we live at now, small town called Crescent, Crescent, Georgia. And uh, we were looking to move away because um, I, I really didn't like the climate of the area and the things that I was seeing. And um, after looking at a few houses and other and other developments with other cultures, I kind of realized that we weren't really wanted there. And that's the point of them creating and recreating spaces so that they can get away from the things that it is that we tend to offer. And then it also led me to a point as to what was I chasing? And then it led me to a point of, am I chasing something or am I running away from something? And, and I had to accept the, the fact that I was really running away from the things that needed me the most. So it was really my community that needed me. 
And I started looking for ways that I could become better and become more involved. So coaching the kids and leisure service and, and going to the schools and stuff like that and having a lot of things that people really look up to and look up in the physical things that people people look up and, and want. You know, I've had a lot of those things and it kind of led me to a place where uh, people would ask a lot of questions. You know, so I started looking for ways that how can I invest in my community and how can I really make my community better with what I have and doing what I love to do. So I really, this is this is how Drop Top Barbecue started. Um, I have a 1971 Pontiac Granville convertible. You know, we call it a drop top, and that's just kind of what <laughs> kind of stuck to me. When you drop the top, you can ride, you know. I love barbecuing. I love experimenting on the smoker, you know. So what I did was I pulled my smoker out to the head of the road, and I gave away free ribs. I did this a couple times. I gave away free Boston butts. The first time I did it, I wouldn't accept any tips, and people were trying to tip me, you know. And I was like, you know, you know, I'm not here for your money. I don't want anything. I just want to give back to my community, you know. And that led to another giveaway. And then I started accepting tips because I had this revelation. This one lady, she really wanted to give me some money for my time. And another guy, he was like, how you expect to make money if you're out here always giving away everything? But what I ended up doing was I accepted those tips, and man, I got so much money in tips. I was like, man. It's crazy. People just really want to pour into me for being, you know, being able to, to put back and pour back into my community. And we did it again. And then we just kept recycling the money to really buy more food and stuff like that to give back. So when I actually got that, got this thing that, you know what, I'm going to start my own barbecue. You know, I'm gonna, it, I looked in the area. We didn't have a place that was specifically on barbecue. Um, so that's really where I started at. And it's funny because like a lot of my same customers that are recurring customers that I have, they came because they tried my barbecue that time on the side of the road and they loved it, you know, and they're still customers to this day. And from there, it's just like the reputation, it built and it built and it built. Um, just started shipping out barbecue sauce, drop top sauce. That's a beautiful story. And and when I hear you talk about it, I can see how, how well you you put it together in terms of working on the reputation. What are some of the things that made you realize early that reputation was something important when it comes down to building a solid business and connecting with your customer base? Man, your reputation is the thing that's going to speak for you when you're not in the room. You know, it's going to speak for you before you get there and it's going to speak for you after you leave. When I think about that, I'm not even going to say it challenges me. It reminds me to always show up as the best version of myself. And when people understand what they're going to get, they they respond accordingly. So me vibrating at a certain way, at a certain level, I attract that same vibration. You know, so I'm not, I'm not, uh, and I'll go ahead and get that out of the way. I'm not religious. I don't, I don't subscribe to a religion. I know that I'm one with, I'm one with everything that I'm a part of. You know what I mean? So everything is a part of me and I'm a part of everything, especially the things that I'm touching and uh, I, that I'm, I'm there for. So knowing that I, I hold a place in people's heart and a place in people's mind. And man, you know, it's funny you say that because uh, I was actually speaking with some friends and I was telling them the process that I go through when I be creating uh, these dishes and when I'm making these plates, man. And they were like, you know what? I knew it was so much soul and so much love and so much, so much deeper of a process that went into your food. It was just so much more than what met the eye. 
and it's so it and it really is, you know. So I I kind of like let them into the mind, like to say the mind of the maniac, <laughs> and, and let them know what all goes through my mind when I'm actually like fixing these plates and preparing these dishes. When I hear a lot of times about people starting business, the first thing they're thinking about is what's my competition. You seem to be more focused on your process and being connected with people. Where did you get that from? Man, it's, it's crazy because this is a gift of mine and it has been shown to me multiple times. The highlight of my day is actually um, just interacting with people and interacting with my customers. That is what keeps me going. That is my motivation. That is my inspiration. That is what I love to do. That is the center of my business. You know, so while the money that we make is good and great, but it's more of the effect and my chance of experiencing new people and having these experiences in multiple times and dimensions in different ways, you know, so when I think about the the catalyst to it, just knowing how every experience is so unique and so different and knowing that I, that we can never recreate an exact experience, we can only observe it from that from that moment, you know, so it's like I drop down into a state of observation when when I start to look back at reflect on my day in intro and retrospection on everything that has occurred uh, rather closely or far away but that has always been a gift of mine um, being able to convey a message in a way that multiple people can receive it you know so um, a lot of times I have a lot of conversations with my customers and uh, when when we have uh, maybe one-on-one times and different things like that uh, we always get so deeper in the conversation and just high and by, you know, and would you like your sauce on the top or the sauce on the side, you know. <laughs> Our conversations get so much deeper than that, man. And my um, old, I, I, man, I, it is definitely a gift of mine that I've, I've really, and to be honest with you, Glenn, I just walked into this, I've just surrendered to myself fully this year in 2021 where I'm, I'm able to, um, to take every gift that, that has been given to me you know what I mean? And really being able to run with it. Uh, the things that have been coming into my life and the time frame and, and and the people and these experiences have been so unique, man. To me, it kind of goes back to this concept of oneness and how we're all, you know, all it takes is the, the interaction or the experience for us to, to be connected to each other for life, you know? There seems to be something in you that's, like you mentioned, it's a oneness where you're connected to your customer, you, you listen to them. How do you decide what you listen to that the customer says and and what it is that 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 you don't listen to yeah actually um i i and this is something that i get all the time you know and this is this is this is a special gift of mine is to be able to find value in everything that i get from every experience and i wasn't always at this place you know so regardless of what someone says to me or what they may do or their body reaction or the nonverbal communication, you know, I find value in everything, in every encounter. Some people project their advice on you, and then you got some, sometimes I ask advice. I ask, you know, I always ask my customers, hey, try this, tell me what you think about it, okay? You know, and they were like, all right, I got you. I said, hey, you know, just to remind them, you know, I really, really value your opinion. So please, you know, let me get back with me. Let me know next time we, we talk if you really liked it. If you didn't like it, you know, be honest with me and I'll find a way to make it up to you. And, and they know they know uh, that's real. The salmon salad was one of the things that um, uh, a, a beloved customer of mine, <laughs> uh, she hit me with the salmon salad. And I was like, you know you what? You got to shout her out. You remember her name? Shout her out. 
<laughs> yeah, what's oh, good? What <laughs> yeah, what's good, Sherry? Sherry, man, she's cool people. Man, she came through and she hit me with this salmon salad. And it kind of, I was, and I sat on it and I thought about it, you know, and I was like, how can I make this unique to me? You know what I mean? So I sat with it for like a day or two and I hit her back. I was like, yo, come by, you know, I'm gonna have that salad, you know? And she was like, cool. So she came through, she got the salad, she loved it, but I had to find ways to make that it, make sure the salad was unique to me, you know? So I have this stuffed egg, we call it the drop top eggs, you know, it's an egg slice. Most people like devil eggs, but look, this is egg, got this special stuffing in the middle of it. And it's topped with uh, smoked chicken. So I topped the egg with smoked chicken. It's stuffed with this filling, topped with smoked chicken, drizzled in drop top sauce. So you get that uh, with the smoked salmon. You know, and I got this, this special seasoning that I do with the uh, salmon. Uh, so I got the salmon smoked. I got it on all these different veggies. You know, you got the cucumbers, tomatoes, onions, bell peppers. Um, you got the drop top egg on it. And I had to hit it extra special. So I drizzled it with the uh, drop top sauce, you know? So I drizzled the drop top sauce on it, made this beautiful design with it. And then uh, both sauces on it, you know, the red and the orange, and then hit it with this Italian dressing. You know what I mean? And you're talking about something that was amazing. You know, it was one of the best salads that I've ever had. You know what I mean? And, and everyone who tried it said the same, you know? So man, that's just how, like I find, I find value in everything and, and the, the different things that I get, I always find a way to find this unique touch to make this thing unique to me, right? And it kind of goes back to this, back to, like I said, the concept of oneness. So I'll forever be a part of that and she will forever be a part of me just because of that interaction that we have. You know what I mean? So it's crazy how things like that happen. So now the people who are going to hear this, guess what? You guys are forever, if you guys ever try to just uh, drop top salmon salad, you'll forever think of me. You'll forever think of the energy that uh, that was in it. And, and Sherry, who actually uh, sold the idea to me, she sold it into my mind. And it was things that I was thinking about, but she gave me, I definitely, uh, you know, gave it to her because she, she sparked the trigger. You know, and for some people, um, they may see these things as distractions, you know what I'm saying? But for me, I just find it a way to be creative. You know, that's why they call it culinary arts. It's definitely an art form. So. Well, I'm looking forward to trying that. And um, I forgot to mention, you are from Darien, Georgia, right? I got it right? Yes, I, uh, our base of operations is in Darien, Georgia, Sweet Teas, um, Darien, Georgia. And uh, I'm from actually Crescent. Crescent is... That's why uh, if you guys ever see on the uh, Facebook page when I make those posts, Downtown Crescent, that's my hometown. It's a little small community. There's no real downtown there. I just <laughs> I just say that because we really the only thing that got stuff shaking up around there. So I put the title Downtown on it because we got the restaurant, we got the food truck. Um, it used to be a convenience store and it had some catastrophes. <laughs> but, you know, we resurrected it and got the car washed and everything right there on the same block, all family owned. Um, and we take care of everything in that area. So for my sisters, uh, she specializes in seafood, garlic, pickled conks. My brother's out there washing cars. Um, my father, he's out there uh, hitting his soul food and everything else. And I come through with the barbecue and the food truck in the afternoon. So, yeah, it's a family affair. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> we created now, we our own downtown. We literally created our own downtown. So, yeah, that's why I'm stamping that. it. I love I'm it. stamping it. No, we ain't going to nobody downtown. else nothing. <laughs> we creating everything right. we want. That's beautiful. Have you ever been in a situation where, because you, you were talking about uh, earlier that 
creating this 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 um experience with your your, your drop top barbecue and your family have all these different things going on and i know we spoke about this before um anybody ever tried to imitate and and they say imitation is the greatest form of flattery but has it ever happened to you and and did they give you a run for your money <laughs> man yeah yeah there have been people who've tried to imitate my dishes and um but it never come out the same way you know what i mean and i can tell i can tell people exactly how to do things and it'll never come out the way that i do it i've never seen it happen before and there's still <laughs> there's still people who still try it you know and they'll go and other people will try it and they'll be like hey you know such and such had this man you know um tell you i've never a lot of the things that i do glenn the stuffed salmon uh the drop top salad the drop top potato pretty much anything that says drop top in front of it it's going to be extra over the top and it's going to blow your mind the drop top burger you seen a picture of the drop top burger and all these I things are on my <laughs> man look you talk about a burger that has smoked brisket smoked pork a handmade smoked patty drop top sauce cheese green onions this is a huge sandwich you know the drop top salmon is uh smoked salmon layered with the wild fresh georgia shrimp caught right here from my local water so much love to justin uh he's uh justin smith and sons uh a lot of our local shrimpers i always shop local first I, I, you know um and, and nothing's frozen it's always fresh come from right from our local waters uh crab uh our blue crab uh marcus shout out to marcus man he's really the plug on the crabs um but uh these things that we put that i put together you're talking about one fish that's loaded with all of that you know what I'm saying? Topped on a bed of yellow vegetable rice, yellow rice. Man, so I can go with the drop top brand all day, but anytime you see the thing drop top, just know it's over the top and it's special. It's extra special. You know, so uh, there's been plenty of people try to imitate it and it still won't come out the same. And I always, it, uh, people always tell me, you know, and I just take it as a compliment. I don't take it to my ego or anything like that. Um, I say it goes to my heart, not to my head. Um, but other people who do have malicious intent, it always makes its way back too, you know. So I've heard lots of comments. I just never address them, you know what I mean. So even for the people who do say he ain't doing nothing special, he ain't doing this, he ain't doing that. I can cook better than him. I can cook. I can barbecue better than him. I can do this better than him. His stuff is all right, but it ain't this. You know, I hear all of those comments, and they always find a way to make his way back to me because one thing that a lot of people never consider is they never consider who the people who other people are connected to. You know what I mean. So we speak of this experience that I just spoke to you about how we experience each other. And it always seems that um, the majority of people, I hold a special place in their heart, you know. So they would come back to me and tell me certain things in a loving way, you know, in a way of awareness, you know. And I never I never reveal those sources of who it comes from. That's just for me to know, you know, in between those conversations or that experiences between me and that person. But, yeah, I do hear those comments, man. But um, I don't I don't let it get to me just because look around the county have you seen a look around the local area have you seen anyone else been able to recreate what i do and for the people who say they can do it better than me i've yet to see them erect a business you know what i'm saying i've yet to see them do anything that i've done you know so i think more the proof is in the factual uh the tangible things that we see around us you know what i mean i can look around and i don't see anyone doing what i'm doing you know what i mean so i think that's love and it, it really furthers encouraged me to do what i do and like i said i'm not for everybody but that's also not my problem you know what i mean so i continue to do me and stand on me and stand on what it is that that i that i know i don't i don't believe it i know it you know what i mean so i i know the heights that i can ascend to and and that's what that 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 is you know that is what keeps me uh keeps me rooted and grounded 
you know, in, in the things that I love. So not paying them no attention, but also paying them the utmost attention. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that before, but I like it. And one of the things that you said that kind of resonates with me is when you talked about being a better version of yourself. I want to I want to take us back in time when there was a transition, when you were making that transition of like where um, have you ever been in a situation or been at a point in your life, right, when you weren't the proudest of where you were at? Yeah, absolutely makes sense. And, and it's, it's something that I, I, I know, you know what I mean? And and this is this is how you know you find value in life and you find value in every experience. And it's when you realize and you accept the fact that whatever it is that you're going through is always happening for you. Things don't happen to you. They always happen for you. And this really comes with more of the concept of oneness and being in sync with your surroundings and being in sync with yourself first and making that connection from you to your surroundings and for you to other people. And, you know, um, so regardless of the things, man, there was there was one thing that was so traumatic, man, that happened to me. And literally it was one of the things that it'll forever, forever, forever pay me. You know what I mean? It'll pay me as long as I'm alive. Let's just say it in that way. You know what I mean? So um, it's, it's really about being able to find value and and knowing the, the energies that are present at all times. For, let's start with validation. Needing somebody to val- validate an idea that we have. Think about when a situation and, and how that helps, hurts a person in business. How do you move in that in that realm? Right, I I tell you, it's the best way to do it um, for me, and this is what worked for me. And once again, for me, um, it's <laughs> I seek validation a lot of times. Actually, I just do it in a strategic way when it comes to the business. Right, samples, samples will always work in your favor. You know what I mean. <laughs> so whatever it is that you love to do, uh, be willing to to do uh, like a free tour. There's gonna there are times when I was creating new dishes. And the drop top egg was a certain was one of those things uh, that I was I wasn't too too sure about, but I knew it was unique. I knew it was special. I knew it would be good. But that's the thing. Like a lot of my dishes that I make, people ask why I don't use sour cream or why I don't do this or why I don't do that. And and the answer is simple: is because I don't like sour cream. And they were like, well, I like sour cream. Well, maybe you know next time I'll show up with some sour cream so you can have it on there. But I don't put it on there because I don't like it. You know what I mean? And it's not a fact of it because this is my business and it's going to always be what I want. It's because you experiencing my food is you experiencing me. You know what I mean? So I th- I, I know that if I would have been a mayonnaise lover or a uh, sour cream lover, then you would have definitely got that drop top potato with sour cream on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but me being able to, to create these dishes is all in my liking. It's made it's made in the liking of me. It's not made in the liking of anyone else, you know. So when I even when I did the drop top egg, you know, I, I make them and then I would just slide one on the plate and be like, hey, tell me what you think about this. Or um, there would be some customers when I tried uh, what was some one new thing I tried. Um, uh, let me think. Uh, the egg was a big example, man. Um, I've had to smoke green beans. I've had to smoke garlic potatoes, man. I would just slide it on the plate. Smoke spaghetti, smoke meatloaf, you know, uh, all these different things. I would slide samples on plates and be like, hey, you know, I left you a little something special on here. When you get home, check it out, try it out. Tell me what you think. You know what I mean? That's the same as seeking validation. You know what I mean? I, I want to see if this is a valid thing for the moment and if the people like it. And when I get the good feedback back, 
the next time, guess what? It's going on the menu and it's going on the front page, you know, and, and that's just the way that, you know, that I can think of in an example like that. Um, now, I know in the actual business sense, some people seek validation to see if this is even something that, that would be sustainable, you know, and or if there's something that they should uh, they should get to or there's something they should even do, you know. Um, I think about that in a total different aspect. In the business sense, you know, um, I think that everything we should do, that we do, everything that I do, I'm always willing to do it on my own. I'm not willing to risk your money or your time for my own dreams, you know. I'm willing to, to, to risk my time, my money, my energy, my assets to recreate this situation in my mind uh, that's, you know, bringing this business from my imaginary realm to in front of me. You know what I mean? Bring it from one dimension to the 3D plane uh, on this planet that we live on. So um, that comes with doing lots of research and then being willing to take a chance, you know, risk a little something. And then that also comes to having something to risk, you know. And I think that when we do uh, the adequate research and, and you're willing, like I say, you accept the risk when the benefits outweigh the cost. You know what I'm saying? So at that time, I know it's time to move in that direction. And then guess what? I move in that direction um, knowing that I'm going to win because I've done the research and I've done the math and I've done the work to make sure that this is going to succeed. But if it don't be at a place and a point uh, mentally where I can reevaluate what happened and reattack from a different angle. So a lot of times, uh, some people look at uh, their 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 um, family, and uh, you spoke on this the other day, Glenn. They look at their family as their target their target market. <laughs> Man, look at here! Don't disappoint yourself like that. That's all I'm gonna tell you. When someone has a fear of something that you're about to do, it's not because it's a bad idea. It's because they don't have your whole vision. So. How can we, so I want, I want you to give some advice to, um, and I know you don't usually give advice, but I'm asking, give advice to people, and, and it could be to your younger self if you want, about when you, you hit something where you were not 100% sure, but you didn't look for validation from somebody because um, of you having the full vision in your mind. Man, I'll tell you, this is an example, a uh, real life situation. I, I left my job uh, working at Kim Tall at this chemical plant not far from here. A lot of friends met some wonderful people up there. Uh, man, I made it to some great heights up there in, in no time. Um, so I, I was there. I wanted this job as, as one of the supervisors there. I felt I was qualified. I know I was extremely young at the time. I started working that job as soon as I got out of high school. I was 18, um, and I wanted the, I wanted this job. Uh, that was open for a supervisor role uh, on the old side. So some of the people, if they're from Kim Tall and they hear this, they know exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, um, I pretty much didn't qualify for that job because I didn't have the education or the experience. Well, I had the experience and I had the knowledge of the job, but I didn't have this piece of paper uh, or this degree or enough time in the place that could um, actually uh, get me to the point where I, I was a supervisor there. Um, I had the knowledge, I had the experience, you know, in that job. So it happened, they ended up hiring someone else. They hired the supervisor, and guess what? When they hired the new supervisor, guess who had to train them? Yeah, so ain't nothing like training your own boss. Um, but it was at that moment when I went and joined in the Air Force. So I went and joined the Air Force when I was 20. I left when I was 21. But the vision I had then was I was going to go, I didn't have it fully written out and mapped out 
Uh, but it's crazy how it was always working in my favor. So I left that job, and keep in mind, at the age of 21, I was at like 80000 a year. You know, at Kim Tall, I worked lots and lots of hours. Anybody who was there, they knew like a 100-hour work week was nothing to me. You know, I could work 80 hours in, 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 at the snap of a finger. You know what I'm saying? And always finding ways to save money and, and, and reinvest it in myself. As I was saving for a house then, I started saving for my house. I was 15. My first $50 went towards that account. I was 15 years old. Having that vision of what I wanted at the end, you know, knowing what the end would have looked like, uh, what I would perceive the end to be at that time. Um, so I joined the Air Force because I know I had this is something that I wouldn't be able to do. They needed a college education. I was in college at the same time while I was working them 80-hour work weeks. You know, so, man, I done been to multiple colleges. <laughs> so that's why uh, even the kids that I mentor, man, I was just talking to one of them yesterday. Uh, shout out to you, Jalen. Uh, Jalen Rogers, I was talking to him yesterday, and I was like, man, he was telling me his, his uh, college where he was thinking about going and taking up uh, business and some stuff like that. And I told him, I was like, man, you know, I, I went to five colleges before I earned my first degree. You know, so definitely, y'all, never stop and never give up if you feel that's something that you need. At the time, I felt it was something that I needed, you know. And, well, I mean, I'm happy to say now, I don't mind saying that even uh, my business now, I don't even use none of that stuff. To the key of the story is that people would think you're crazy to leave a job at the age of 21 making $80,000 a year to go to be an E-1 and the United States Air Force. And when I got that first pay stub, I was like, man, I don't know what I did. These people done shit me. <laughs> so wait, what's that? Wait, what's the E one? I I heard that. What is the E one? And what was the first? What was your first paycheck look like? Man, it was like so. It was a few hundred bucks, man. So you think about this. I go from making, bringing in well over a thousand dollars a week after taxes to uh <laughs> to like a few hundred bucks every two weeks you know what i'm saying so uh it really came to me how i manage money because I, i've never got myself into no real serious debt i never really created anything uh for myself i always believed in saving and buying but the e1 is the very lowest pay grade that you can get and it's your entry level uh enlisted one you know, you go all the way up to an E9, and then they got some asterisks that can go up above that, and, you know, in the Air Force. Um, but the thing was, I didn't tell anyone. My mom knew after I had already enlisted. I was in delayed entry from July. I left in February to go in the Air Force. So uh, well over half a year in delayed entry where I didn't tell my mom or my father until a couple of months before I left. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, who was now my wife, so much love to you, Jessica. She stuck with me through this whole thing. She always knew my plans, you know, and then as I got closer to the time that I leave, that I left, I told um, a few other of my friends, you know, but uh, through this whole thing, only about three people knew, three of my friends knew, um, so Mike, Jamal, Keon, they knew my plans to go into the military, um, so if I was to tell the world that, they would tell me I'm crazy. You know what I mean? And I always believe in, like, when it comes to certain dreams and certain things, you keep it to yourself. You know, so I kept these things to myself, and I kept it on a very personal level, and I didn't speak on these moves until I had made them because I wasn't looking for anyone at the time to try to kill my dreams before I even had a chance to recreate them or create them, to take them from my imaginary realm to bring them to the realm they're at right now. So I, I just sat on it. I didn't. I moved on it, and then, you know, here I am. Uh, almost nine years later, out of the military, I'm separating to get out, to actually do the things that I wanted to do. And even with a promotion that was sitting there pending, I didn't care for it, you know. I didn't want it because 
those were the things that were not making me happy, you know, so I had to really chase my happiness in a way, um, in a very aggressive way that I was willing to risk the money. I didn't care about the money. They could have their money. I knew I always had an, I was the only source. I am the source of currency. I'm an infinite source of a currency. I'm the abundance when it comes to currency. That's me. You know, I am the currency and that's how I seen it then. And now me really walking into that mind frame, I know I can create as much currency as I want at any given time. You know what I'm saying? And and it really it comes to me in my happiness uh, that that I use as the catalyst to drive my mind to to want to we- the will and the want to work. You know, and I don't even consider it work because I love doing what I do. You know, so uh, me walking into that. But I didn't tell people that part of my dream because I didn't want people to kill it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it, I didn't really feel it was a thing for me to be able to tell them or need to tell them at the time. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I moved like that. And now here I am, fast forward to 2021, where um, I have my own business and 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 um, just able to do what I want, have the freedom to do what I want. No, I, I appreciate I love hearing the journey that you that you get on when you when you think about these things. I, I can imagine there was thought that went there in terms of like. Um, have an experience of people not seeing a vision and, and yeah. trying to talk you out of something that they not they don't know. They didn't see what I seen. They didn't see what I seen. They didn't know what I know. I also didn't even express it for them to see it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, they see a lot of these things come to fruition um, because we put the work in. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's really that's really what it was. And I, I'm glad you said that because it reminded me to, you know, really put it in that way. Right. Um, have you ever? Um, I got like two qu- two more questions for you because I know you have you have you have children. How many children do you have? You yeah, I have two boys. Okay, you have two boys. What do you? What are your thoughts if you if your children listen to this? Uh, how old are they right now? Eleven and eight. Eleven and eight. Eleven and eight years old. Um, listening to this, what advice would you give your sons in terms of? Um, of things that you would have, and I know, I know you say things work for you, so I, I don't want to, um, but if you could go back, but it, would there be anything that you would, but something that you wish you knew more, more info on at the time with making a decision? Bitcoin, Amazon, Google, and Apple. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I took some investments in Bitcoin and I caught them pretty early, you know, so I think Bitcoin was only what? like $8,000 a token when I got mine. So yeah, they, they, they created some things. Um, but, uh, honestly looking back at it, this is where my choice to join the military really could have bit me in the, but if I had done more research or even reached out and sought more, more counsel, I could have, like, I went in the enlisted route. I, I really should have went in the officer route, you know, and I could have went through the Air Force Academy and sought my education that way. You know, I could have, but I didn't. So um, that's probably one thing I was thinking um, that I probably could have done differently. You know what I mean? When, after looking back at it, I was like, man, you know, I probably should have went enlisted. I mean, I shouldn't have went enlisted. I had so much potential and so much uh, leadership capabilities at, my, at the moments when I walked in that they were like, yo, you don't even – have no business being here, dude. Like, you don't have no business on the flight line working on no aircraft. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> you know, my officers would tell me that. My, the people um, 
our uh, flight crew would tell me that, you know, and I got to get to know these guys real well. When you're working on an airplane, you you, you gain um, a personal personal relationship with the aircraft and then a personal relationship with your flight crew because, you know, they're about to take your plane 40, 50,000 feet in the air, and they may be going for a few hours all the way to a couple days, you know what I'm saying? And and, it's, and this, this relationship with them is the trust that they have in you that you're going to do your job adequately and to the best of your ability because flying an airplane ain't like just catching a flight a flat tire on the side of the road and pull over on the side nah my man <laughs> you up there you know what i'm saying and if you got to come down in a way that's uncontrolled <laughs> man peace be with you and that's why i say we live for the experience not for so much of the things that are surrounded but we live for the experience so i was able to do that and everything that i would have gotten if i went the officer route i got in the enlisted route all the way from the networks the connections meeting some great people uh, general Fay, man one of the most brilliant minds I've ever worked with in the Air Force. And do you believe that there's a difference between like you doing what you want and doing it because you believe that someone else, you're smarter than someone else or that there's money to be made there so I'm going to do the thing that's going to make me the most money? Uh, I'm going to keep this personal. So the source, the source of income and the source of money tends to drive a lot of people. And why and how? It's because it's been projected in front of us. Social media, the things that we look up, the things that we look towards, the things that we want to seek validation for us to make us feel as if it kind of goes back to the numbers, how we're always being put into different categories or in different boxes and, and the elite. And then you got the middle class and then you got the upper class and you got the lower class. You got the poverty. You got third grade. You got 12th grade. You got a sophomore, junior. You got undergraduate. These are all things and systems that put us into a place of comparison. You know what I mean? Um, and they say comparison can be the thief of joy. You know, so um, there's just there's just a polarity to comparison. It can be the thief of joy or it could be the most liberating thing that can uh, allow you to live in the very moment that you're living in now and, and you know, uh, enjoy the present of the presence. Some people will compare themselves to other people not knowing the things that went behind it for them to get to where they're at. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, man, I try my best not to compare myself to anything. But then again, it's like I can look around and, and in an honest, compare myself with judgment. You know what I'm saying? Compare myself to someone and then make a judgment placed on that. It's different than uh, having an observation and noticing that I'm clearly in a different place, in a different place mentally, in a different place spiritually, and even financially than the other people around me. You know what I'm saying? So it, it leads me back to know that there are people over me, there are people under me, regardless of how I see it. But also uh, back to the concept of oneness is just the fact that I can even have that thought and bring them into my mental state shows that they're a part of me and I'm a part of them. You know what I'm saying? I'm a part of them. They may not know it yet, but they're definitely a part of me. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm, we're attached to so many things and it kind of go goes to the to the uh thing I, I i used to think was the art of detaching so detaching from the thoughts detaching from everything around me and, and um one of my mentors man he probably don't even know i consider him a mentor but he's definitely one of my mentors sensei man he's tell he told me one time before it's not detachment it's expansion you know being able to to expand and still be connected to those things but that cord is just a lot longer you know what I'm saying? You're not detached from it. You've expanded from it because we are one with everything, right? That's what I that's what I was saying. We're one with everything. So how can I be one with something I've detached from? 
you know what I'm saying? I'm no longer connected right. to it, so it's no longer a part of me. But being able to expand those chords and, and allow those things to do what they do and me be able to look at it and, and, and make a good observation that would allow me to move forward. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, well, Princeton, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on here, spreading your nuggets and, and, and giving us your time. Um, one last question, we're going to keep it brief because uh, I want to make sure I end nicely, is, is what are your thoughts on, on the state of, of having your business, right, right? So what are some of the things that you learned, one or, one or two things you've learned from working for somebody and now working for yourself? Working for myself. I, tell, um, I would tell anyone, it's all on you. You know what I mean? And uh, I was just telling one of my friends this. What's her name? Ashley. Just talking to Ashley about this. And I, and I, and I always told her this, this saying because I would notice that she would talk about uh, her dreams and stuff, you know. Bet it all on you. And, and that's, what I, that's, what, that's a constant reminder for myself. Bet it all on me. Um, the best advice I can tell you is um, you ex- when you bet it all on you, you accept responsibility over every single factor. The good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, the USPS dropping your stuff, the UPS not making your making sure your 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 merchandise made it there on time. You accept responsibility for it all. I can make certain seafood orders, and, and there's no control over uh, whether or not it comes or not. I may not have any control over that. You know what I'm saying? But as the business owner. I accept full responsibility if whether it does not show up or not. And guess what? If I promise you something and I say I'm going to have it on a certain day, whether the seafood truck make it here or not, and I've done everything in my will and I can't make it happen, and you still show up for it, even if I uh, – <laughs> I would communicate this, you know. But if you if there was an instance that happened and I didn't communicate it, hey, guess what? What can I do that can make the situation right? I would treat you to that meal that day. Hey, this is yours. And then when <laughs> that truck do come, that seafood truck do come, I'm going to treat you to that meal too. You know what I mean? So always finding a way to uh, take responsibility over whatever and whatever it may be that goes on in that business. There's a difference between excuses and explanations. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not creating any excuses for anything within my business. It's it's all my fault, the good and the bad. It's my good, it's my bad. And, and I own that. So when you work for other people, you're able to drop things and walk away from it in that way. But when it's all you and you know you are a part of the business, you can't just drop things and just walk away from it. Because once again, it goes back to your reputation. The reputation will be there when you leave. It'll be there and it'll, it'll precede you. It'll be there when you leave. It's there. You leave it there as well. It'll speak for you when you're gone. The works that I've done on this earth and the, the, the impact I've made on people's life, it'll be here when I'm gone, when I'm no longer here in the physical realm. You know what I'm saying? It'll be here. People that I've touched, uh, the changes I've made within my community, the love that I've instilled will be here when I'm no longer here. And guess what? That's a part of my business. But guess what? That's a part of me. Uh, back to the concept of oneness. I'm a part of my business. My business is a part of me. I am it. It is me. We are one. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you find ways to always and, and with those things you always find ways to make your business better you know what i mean so now if ups have let you down on multiple occasions you might want to look to go to fedex you know what i'm saying or usps you might want to look to a different place and better yet you may even want to have conversations with both or even all three 
standard, you may want to look to even delivering these things yourself. So that'll even give you another realm to expand your business. You know, if I know I need to bring some stuff to New York, Glenn, and USPS don't let me down enough, and UPS and FedEx don't let me down enough, man, I may just have to network with you, and I'm going to show up and bring my merchandise in the flesh. <laughs> I'm going to drive it. We're going right. to, you know what I'm saying? There's always another way. That's what I'm getting to. Always another way. So you use that. And then, hey, we might can set up a business expo. We may can do something. We may can set up some distribution. We may can team up in partnership on something. Just in that thought in itself, you see how fast it just expanded, how I made that work in my favor. And one other thing that I'll say is, is also you can't hide. You can't hide. You cannot hide in in your business. I used to hide when I worked for people. Um, I used to do my job, but like Princeton, like you mentioned, there no excuses. Uh, I could have an excuse. It was allowed if my coworker didn't do what he had to do. I thought that gave me full range to not do what I needed to do for him. Like you know, when someone, let's say, if we both have a job to do, I do, I did my job, and if things were failing. And you, and it was because you didn't do your job. I was confident that I did my job, but when you have a business, you cannot hide. It's a team effort. When a member of the team at your job, whether that it's a it's a small team because you work you you a sole proprietor, but like like you mentioned, Princeton, we still have to rely on UPS uh, distribution um, in your business. People, the 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 local uh, farmers who who give you the the crops and uh, or the or the the fishing. Um, that you have to buy from them y'all working together so if one person drops it and that's and that's your business they represent you you represent them so i i just think about how um you cannot hide in the business so the thing about starting a, a business is if you've been used to it uh you've built a habit of hiding um your mistakes and also hiding accomplishments because also People hide the mistakes they make at a business, but also when the team wins, everybody wants to claim the responsibility of the win. Oh, we've, we've made, we've over such, such, such soul. But like you also realize even in the win, you don't really win because you're what you get a gift card or you get some, some extra money on your, you know, maybe they give you some, some paid time off, but they don't necessarily pay you the benefits for your win either. So that's my thoughts on it. It's it's uh it's uh it's a it's a sticky situation. So when you work for yourself, if you're willing to 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 hold the mistakes, like you said, like Princeton mentioned, and also the the wins and the losses. So we gonna we gonna end on that. And Princeton, once again, man, this has been a great conversation. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time out. I love the food that you've made. By the way, uh, Princeton made me some amazing brisket and some some mac and cheese and. And and um and drove to Florida. Yeah, man, you got the works, man. Turkey legs, sweet right. potato souffle. <laughs> you got it all that day. And so I appreciate my cousin, uh, sweet baby Jay, and his wife Mel, uh, for letting me use their their home to record their the interview. Yeah, in, much love to them, in Princeton. Much love to you guys. And um, nah, it's been a great experience, and I'm looking forward to hearing this episode, and also for us working together. Because another thing I announced, me and Prince gonna be working together on some stuff. On, on some of the packaging that you have for your barbecue sauce, which I'm excited about Get me a, I'm going to definitely order one of your, your, your barbecue sauces as well. I have that shipped to New York, but um, I appreciate you brother. You have a, have a great day. Thanks Glenn. I appreciate it, man. Much love to you. Much love to everybody out there in the world listening. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the nine, five killers podcast. You can now visit us at our website at nine, five killers.com. 
We truly appreciate your continued support. Take care of yourselves and keep killing those comfort zones. Until next time, peace.